we pick up with Princess Leia, who has now been separated from the other rebels. She is either napping or unconscious and is awoken by a very nervous wicket, a little Ewok who looks very cute, but he's also on the defense. She convinces him that she is friendly and he takes her back to his camp. Uh, the stormtroopers confront Leia uh, and Wicket before they go back to the camp, uh, and Wicket kind of shows his stuff and shows what the Ewoks are made of by helping Leia take down two of them. <laughs> Which is dumb. I know. Uh, then we go back to uh, Han and Luke and the droids and the Wookiee. They have uh, kind of uh, met up once again. Where's Leia? I don't know. I thought she was with you. Jeez, I hope she's okay. And Chewie gets distracted by this hanging dead animal, which turns out to be uh, a booby trap that ensnares them in a big rope net. Exactly. Before we finish up with the Ewoks, uh, we do have a really short kind of out of place scene with Vader and the Emperor. They have a little brief discussion on Vader's hunch, and he feels Luke Skywalker being on Endor. Uh, but with the Ewoks, they wrap up there. Han and Luke are pretty puzzled as to what these creatures are, but they quickly learn uh, <laughs> the Ewoks aren't to be trifled with. No, but they're able to kind of uh, settle things down when they realize that they can uh, play the Ewoks' fascination with 3PO to their advantage. They seem to think he's some kind of god, and so Luke tells 3PO to lean into it and make sure uh, the Ewoks spare the rest of them. Exactly. And so 3PO it tries it. It doesn't work. And so <laughs> Luke uses the force to levitate 3PO above the Ewoks. It scares them, and they decide that they're going to release our rebels uh, and join forces or become friends. And then there's essentially a, a big celebration that lasts... A long time and it goes well into the evening uh leia and han and luke and all of them are joined up again and 3po is regaling the stories of their adventures and ewokies while everybody eats drinks and is merry and then there's uh, a very serious meeting between luke and leia Exactly. And so in their meeting between Luke and Leia, they discuss how Leia remembers her mother and Luke doesn't, but somehow they're siblings and Leia has the force as well, but Luke has to confront <laughs> Vader. And she won't tell Han about it, which makes him kind of jealous, but then he apologizes and they hold each other. And that's the end of our 20. So we should probably start with that fateful conversation, which is just rife with questions and failed answers. <laughs> I mean, putting aside the fact that, I mean, it's it's considered one of the main plot holes of Star Wars that she can remember her mm -hmm. mom, right? Yeah. And some people will try and say, well, maybe she just remembers her her mom from, uh, what's her other planet? Alderaan. No, well, she specifically acknowledges that she knows the difference between those two people. Yeah, she specifically mentions that it's like her real mom. Luke, yeah. That's what Luke's asking about. Do you remember your mother? Your real mother? Just a little bit. She died when I was very young. What do you remember? Just images, really. Feelings. Tell me. She was very beautiful, kind, but sad. So there might be some form of like a maternal connection to the with like aided by the force that you could say, because it doesn't say necessarily she, she remembers that she was beautiful. Uh, and kind, but and sad. sad. Yeah. And so those are this kind of things where being inside Padme as in the womb, 
uh, and both and having such a strong connection with the force and right. like there could be something there whereas although she doesn't really remember it she's almost kind of incepted a memory well remembering that she's sad is not something an infant would pick up on like no. even if she could remember her mother physiologically like a child is not observant enough to know when when her mom is sad when she's a baby so it's a fair argument that maybe she's just re- remembering her through the aid of the force but Luke says specifically he cannot remember her. Yeah. I have no memory of my mother. I never knew her. And so there it kind of falls apart. Because Luke is the first one to right. kind of find his force. So. And so it would appear that at least then George Lucas's idea was that Leia had some more time with Padme than Luke did. Yeah, I, I, at that point. And not that she died during childbirth. Although it was it was fairly well fleshed out. Uh, that she remembers her being sad and that well, yeah, Padme, when, when Leia's being bored, Padme is in anguish and dying of a broken heart, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, but that's it, a whole other can of worms. It is, but it works. Like She remembers that she, uh, in, in, in Padme's final days, she was distressed and, and, and heartbroken. Yeah, that really does work. And I think yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you can play up to potentially because... In like kind of the original scripts that George Lucas had, there was a little bit more of that discussion about Leia's background on Alderaan, and so I mean it, it could be a little interesting to see how that's how, what George Lucas intended in the eighties. Yeah, uh, whether his thought was maybe Anakin's uh, the mother of Luke and Leia, um, or let's say Anakin's wife in this instance, because they became married in actual canon, um, but. Let's say, for example, this theoretical Anakin's wife that we know of in the original trilogies, like maybe George Lucas had it planned that she commit suicide or that she died of a broken heart a couple of years later, or, or maybe she got ill at like a young age. But are we so sure he wasn't trying to leave the door open to her secretly still being alive? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's really interesting like because there's a couple of those little nuggets in the script where had they made it in, we would have had such a different prequels trilogy. Yeah, that's entirely true. And we're talking about this in the context of Padme, but like there are so many things like Padme wasn't a character. She was just a a very obscure concept mentioned in like a couple sentences here. Yeah. So it, it's interesting in, in that regard what we could have gotten. Uh, but let's face it, George Lucas also didn't pay that much attention right here. So he just does whatever the fuck he wants, kind of. <laughs> now, Leia is really uh, tormented by the idea of Vader being Luke's father. She digests the sister news pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And she says, I know, I think on some level I've always known, which again, a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Well, and as somebody who has grown up within the Rebel Alliance and mm-hmm. has been like active in uh, uh, in a politically active uh, uh Household for her entire life, she of course would know a little bit culturally and academically about what the Jedi are and what yes. the Force is. But she doesn't. She doesn't have the training that Luke has. Not that he has tons, but like he's he's spent time with Yoda yep. and with Obi Wan. Now she doesn't. So that she's able to tap in and be like, "You're right. I used the Force to know that." Is a little much. Well, that's weird. That's the thing with Leia. She senses a lot of things. So, I mean, Yoda wanted to train Leia. Maybe Leia is naturally way, 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 way more powerful with the Force. Well, maybe it's not even close. Maybe she would have been light, like landslide the better Jedi. Definitely her instinct is better. Well, she's definitely more, um, I guess, 
Well, she's just a savvier person in general. True. She's smarter. Yeah. That's just plain and simple. So yeah. you would assume that she'd be able to apply that in the same sort of ways. But I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting because she takes this military and political and diplomatic route. Yeah. And it evolves her so much that way that potentially she may not have become as become the same kind of leader right uh, had she focused a lot of her time on developing her jedi training now as, as luke says while he's breaking the news uh you have the force too you're strong with it uh in time you'll learn to use it as i have which is him implying that he's going to teach her to be a jedi yep the way uh yoda wanted him to uh do you think alternate timeline had Carrie Fisher aged better and lived a healthier lifestyle in episode seven? We would have seen Jedi general Leia. Uh, Leia. I think we would have again. if George Lucas ran it. Yeah. I think even still, if George Lucas had ran it. Yeah. Well, like, think, she's frail man. In her last years. No, I think that's something that Lucas would have been a little annoyed about and yeah. he would have limited maybe her Jedi abilities to, to maybe more along the lines of where they were in The Last Jedi. We got to see something. Right. Uh, but I think it was his intention to absolutely make her m more of a Force user than simply um, just sensing things and being Force-sensitive, but like an active Jedi Force user. So it would have been interesting, but you're right. Carrie Fisher, uh, later in life, she didn't age that well. No, None of them aged well besides Harrison Ford. Well, and, and Mark Hamill really... He, he looks great in. now. He looks great now. He didn't for years. Uh, and not that he really moves around a whole lot in uh, in The Last Jedi. No. He has one, you know, really exciting scene. But uh, it's kind of part of his character that he's grizzled. And mm. even if he put on a couple of pounds, that kind of works. Yeah, it Where, would. Whereas Leia kind of should still be in tip-top shape. So they kind of had to keep her moving slow. So to not expose the fact that she's not in tip-top shape. Yeah, no, exactly. Why can't Leia tell Han? When he comes out and he's like, there's kinda, no reason he's kind of jealous. And she's like, he says, can you tell me? And she's like, I can't. And it's the worst acting in the history of Star the Wars. The entire scene is awful between Luke and Leia. It's both painful. Of them. And Han. I mean, no, he's, no his acting's fine. His acting's scene. fine. But like, you can't, you can't act against something that's so poor. Her, that's mo true. But her most poorly delivered lines are to him, to Han. Yeah, they are. Nothing. I, I just want to be alone for a little while. Nothing. Come on, tell me, what's going on? I... I can't tell you. But he... I think he does a pretty good job considering how terrible those lines are. And better yet, how terrible the delivery is. Because the delivery is the worst part. Yeah, she like it's stammers worse than, first. It's worse than, than the words themselves, which is pretty rare in a Star Wars movie. It is rare in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, Hayden Christensen and um, Natalie Portman have a couple instances of that but i can't wait i'm so excited oh it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch the prequels <laughs> it's coming up quickly it really is yeah so there's no reason why she couldn't have have told han and he's gonna find out anyway yeah absolutely it, that's the thing that's really weird about it i think it's because uh she's upset about luke going off to confront vader she wants him to run which is against her kind of as a character i didn't think that worked um, Does she ask that he run like he? Oh well, no, she just doesn't want him to face Vader. Yeah, yeah. That's not really running. That's just not running into the fire, which is clearly reckless. Yeah, but she wanted it. Like I, I know. I, I, I just not facing Vader isn't cowardly. No, I know it's not cowardly, but she wanted Luke to run specifically, run away yeah. because if he stayed, it would endanger the rebels. If he confronted Vader, he'd be. Killed. He'd be killed. Yeah. But 
so Leia's choice was completely run away from everything. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it is, it's, he does that eventually. <laughs> yeah, he does eventually leave, but yeah. uh, it, it is, it does seem weird. It, it doesn't seem like her to be someone who would say run away. Right. But then again, Luke is her brother. And so it's kind of a, it, it's a, one of the softer Leia's we see for sure. Uh, especially if you're talking about her hair, which is very long and very frizzy. Frizzy is definitely the word you need yeah, to describe really it. Let her hair down. Not that you have to look like uh, tip-top shape when you're with the Ewoks. She's living in a tree at this point. That's true. But I will say one thing. Leia and Luke both had those ponchos, and Han had a cool coat. Yeah. <laughs> How does he pull that off? He gets a coat, and they get these ponchos. I actually think it's one of Luke's cooler looks. Well, Luke never looks cool. No, but like he kind of has like a Clint Eastwood kind of poncho on. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of. I say Clint Eastwood. What I mean is he kind of reminds me of uh, Back to the Future Part Three, when Marty <laughs> doesn't really quite fill out the poncho, but it, lo- it looks okay. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Luke in black uh, up against the Emperor uh, pretty soon. That's a good Luke. Sure, that's I the guess. best Luke I'd say. Yeah, uh, but let's talk about Ewoks. Ewoks. Okay, fair enough. Why are Ewoks so controversial? The thing with the Ewoks is about the age. Really, it comes down to the age you were when you first saw them a lot of the time. And so you have people who were 30 years old who were a fan of the first Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And that really stupid part of Jabba's palace isn't in the the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Right. And so the only thing that's really, like, unmistakably childish about the original trilogy is the Ewoks. Well, and... Without them, the movie's not that flashy. No, it really isn't. And that entire, like, kind of Endor battle at the end, the Ewoks become a massive part of it. They do. And that, like, the Ewoks saved the galaxy. That's what drives some people up the wall. That well, the rebels would have lost without the Ewoks, because they would have. For the same reason, I find it frustrating, uh, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that, like, fairly mild blunt force trauma can take down uh, Imperial armor. Like you hit him with a stick and his Imperial armor isn't enough to protect him. He's dead now. <laughs> like I just find that it's a tiny little teddy bear. And so I do understand that that conceptually they, they're not a good blend of charming and brutal. That's kind of what the Wookiees were. And, and originally it was supposed to be Wookiees. Originally it was Kashyyyk and it was the Wookiees. But and that's kind of where the name Ewok comes from, Wookie Ewok. Yeah. Um. So it, it's just a kind of a, almost a correction, I think, in Lucas's mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he was a big fan of Wookies. Uh, I could be wrong on that, that's or crazy, like the man. final design of Chewbacca. Maybe it wasn't Lucas. It may have been someone else who was working on like, uh, like production design or like costume design. Now, if it's Kashyyyk, you have to rewrite the story because they're not this mysterious creature that doesn't understand them. If it's Kashyyyk and it's Wookies. We really don't have a confrontation here unless Chewbacca's somewhere else. It's probably a totally different movie. It probably is a totally different movie. But they obviously went and they did that in uh, episode three. Yep. They were able to kind of use the Wookiee army as a way of helping out the good guys. Yeah, and it's awesome. Or, or maybe, maybe it was just a matter of uh, they needed to wait to get the technology better. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, because you're right, Lucas brought it back in that way. Um, because that is one of the best parts of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It is super cool. Well, and it just it just 
rounds out Return of the Jedi much better. It, it, it would it would give some background to this character who's like... It also makes sense. Every, he's in every most important action sequence in this film series. We're inclined to like him, but we virtually know nothing about him, and he's kind of just a meme. So to give him a bunch of background and explain why he has been referred to as this beast all this time, all the while creating an interesting action sequence and not having to put children on the payroll would would probably have worked really well. Yeah, exactly. The actually the majority of them were little people. Uh okay. Majority of them weren't children, but uh Warwick Davis was. Yeah. He was a child at the time. Yeah, isn't that kind of funny? He's he's been three characters in Star Wars now? Uh no, I just think the two. Okay. Uh the character he is in the Phantom Menace is actually the same character he's in as he is in solo. Right. Yeah, so That's he really friggin' cool. I think it's really cool. Absolutely it, it works really well in the sense of you have this kind of slave in Tatooine and then this rebel kind of cell that's Yeah, freedom fighter. From kind of misfit backgrounds across the galaxy. It works really well. And he's wicked. And he's wicked, so that's kinda of funny. Uh, what about trivia? Do you have any trivia questions? Well, yeah, but I had a I had a kind of tough time with trivia questions. Some of them are just anecdotal, and if you've heard the fact, you've heard the fact. Otherwise, you're not going to have any luck with these. Fair enough. Uh, my Padawan, Padawan question, what other character was identified as the last hope for the Jedi in a decoy script that was handed out to most of the crew so to protect the actual twist? For Return of the Jedi... Who was who was thought among most amongst most of the crew and cast to be the actual last hope for the Jedi? Han? No, it's even weirder. Lando? Yeah, really? It was Lando? That's so obscure. It'd be really, it's really weird to think that. Like, it, I mean, it was never planned seriously, but it's weird to imagine that. It, it's weird to imagine where they would take the story if, in fact, Lando Calrissian was revealed as a Force user. Yeah, that would have made things very different. It changes the force because he has this reputation for being so uh, morally ungrounded. Well, that's true. He becomes the first real gray Jedi. Yeah, kind of. Because I love how people say, oh, Qui-Gon was a gray Jedi. No, he wasn't. He was a Jedi. Yeah. He was a real Jedi. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to a, like a political Jedi like the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, and he then some people say Ahsoka was a gray Jedi. No, she was a light side force user who just wasn't a Jedi. Could have been Lando. Lando, the original gray Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Although really just fictionally. It That's was just, true. <laughs> it was just to throw people off. But I, And I don't know if Billy D. Williams thought that he was going to get to be a Jedi, but That's probably a- for a second he was like, yeah. Well, anyone who read that script probably thought that's a really fucking weird twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, but like, it's also kind of weird that in a couple of weeks we're going to be discussing how he is the one who takes down the Death Star. Yeah. Which is like... I mean, he, he does it with the help of everybody else while they're doing equally important things. But, like, this guy who ultimately, I mean, he's he's been very good for uh, moving the plot along, and he's very charming. Mm-hmm. But he has not been an, an A-list Star Wars character. So why does he get to do that most important thing at the end of the original trilogy? Who would you put after, uh, when it comes to the Rebel Alliance, besides your main three and your two main droids... Who's the first person you think of? Uh, sure, Lando. But I think Han should have been able to be. The, he should have been the one. There's no reason we couldn't get couldn't gotten Han back up in the sky. There's and... way. There's such great Han and Leia moments um, during the battle. I guess. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. When we bit, get there. What's, what's your Padawan question for me? Uh, Padawan question for you is, how old was Warwick Davis during Return of the Jedi? Oh, <laughs> I told I you know. he was a child. Yeah, I have another Warwick Davis question for you, actually. 
uh, I guess I'll say 14. Really good guess. 13. 13. That's kind of nice. Mm. That's funny. I, I'll give you my Warwick Davis question because sure. it's, it's random. You're not going to know it. I don't think anyway. How did Warwick Davis end up in Star Wars? His grandma heard it on the radio. Yeah. They're doing a casting call yeah. and they were advertising it on the radio mm-hmm. and Grandma Davis heard about it. Yeah. She was, wasn't sure whether it was insulting to, to bring up to, uh, to her daughter. Uh, I think it was her daughter. Maybe it was her son. Um, but they were like, no, this is great. He'll love it. And yeah. then he got the part. That's amazing. That yeah. It's super that. cool. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, it's in the, uh, when I watched it, uh, the full run through, I watched it with the commentary. And oh. Warwick Davis is one of the people in the commentary, so. Oh, good for him. He, he made a little, he had a couple good little uh, tidbits. He's a guy who's probably made a really good career out of just leaning into it. Oh, he's great. He, yeah. like, when it comes to leading panels about Star Wars, yep. he's one of the best in the business. Is that right? Like Absolutely. Being the invigilator, the yeah. interviewer? Yeah, because he, he loves it. He knows it. He's been around it. The community adores him. Uh, he, he's just really good for that, right? But like he could, he could kind of resent the affiliation with, sure. with Star Wars, uh, Gringotts, and Willow, and like otherwise the fact that he's never really been a movie star. But he seems to lean into it, and I always like it when people do that. Oh, he seems like just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. My uh, night question is: When telling Vader he must go wait for Luke, what does he call Endor? Oh God. He does not call it Endor. He refers to it as something else. Can you read the question again? Sure. When Vader, uh, when telling Vader he must go wait for Luke, what does the Emperor call Endor? Uh, the, the forest moon? Close. The sanctuary moon. Oh, what does that mean? I don't know. It's just where they have their base. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Sanctuary moon. I don't know of any other, I guess... Oh, one thing I wanted to mention about Ewoks. I know that I just totally made a big U-turn there in my sentence. That's fine. But uh, you were mentioning a little bit before, and we were chatting about how it's kind of lame that the Ewoks, they don't, they're not intimidating. They're these teddy bear characters. Yes. I haven't played it yet, but in Battlefront 2, there is an Ewok mode. Okay. And it's at night, and it's Ewoks versus Stormtroopers. Oh, God. And it's fucking terrifying what it's like a it's like a thriller style what and the ewoks you don't want to be the stormtroopers you want to be the ewoks because they're scary because they're fucking terrifying well that's good i mean i think that's smart to kind of illustrate how they actually are scary how they can be scary and when you think about it although the suits kind of hold up and kind of don't at the same time if these were real creatures they're they're small but they're like, think of raccoons are savages, and they're yeah, small. You're right. And they're fat, and Ewoks are fat. They're also fast learners. Like, they seem oh, to... Oh, they're insanely fast learners. Yeah, they catch on. They adapt. Because this is actually, in Last Shot, uh, there is an Ewok, and this occurs two years after Return of the Jedi. And Ewoks, they live on Endor. Yep. Two years after Return of the Jedi, there is a hacker who's an Ewok. Oh, what? So apparently in two years, they became a prodigy coder and slicer in the Star Wars universe. So they exclusively live on Endor. I believe so. As far as Wikipedia said. I believe so. And there's some illusion in whether uh, 3PO is trying to figure out exactly if he can speak their language, which as it turns out, he can. Uh, he, he kind of alludes to the fact that their dialect is very specific mm. and niche and rare. Uh so who programmed 3PO with Ewokese if it's just this niche thing that only exists on Endor? 
Well, he was pro. No one program. No one knew six million languages to program him. Right. But I don't know. Some sort of uh, Anakin was the one who found all this fucking to program him. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. A little like eight year old Anakin, nine year old Anakin on Tatooine was able to program this protocol droid with six million languages. But this protocol droid is actually quite well behaved in yeah. the overall. There's one thing it will not impersonate a deity under no, no circumstance. Oh no, that was golden. It was. It's an. Interesting it's against scene. my protocol to yeah. impersonate a deity. But then and he the, does it. Well, no, he won't do it for Han. Yeah. But Luke is his master. Oh. And he will do it for someone who is his master. That is protocol. It is not protocol to do it for Han. Uh, is this? And I know what you're gonna say, but I wanna I wanna bait you. Is this the only instance in Star Wars of an allusion to religiosity and idol worship? Oh, I don't think so. No? No. Because a lot of people refer to uh, Jediism as a religion, but it's really not. Like Han refers to it, it's a lifestyle, and it's uh, it's a tactic, and it's uh, a way of thinking, but it doesn't, uh, it, and it observes things, but it doesn't worship anything. No, it doesn't necessarily worship anything, but the Jedi respect the living force, and okay. I, I would I would classify it as a religion. Okay. Uh, it's talked about in A New Hope as a religion. Um, I like the way you just phrased that, though. That's not that they, they worship the living force or they respect the... Yeah, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of the, the route there uh, that they go off of, at least. Okay. Uh, but there's also, um, there's force trees, too. Although that's not necessarily the the crux of what it is to be a Jedi, but that is uh, an object Mm -hmm. that is seen as being of higher power by Jedi. So there's a religious element to that, I guess. Well, I was just, I only asked because I was trying to figure out if just the very existence of their interplanetary travel and the chaos of, of the galaxy is that proof that god doesn't exist in star wars but i actually think that's pretty misguided because what we can say with certainty is that the force guides all instances in in this galaxy i would say so yeah (laughs) so really it's it's the opposite of what i was suggesting but you know who wouldn't say that george lucas because actually the wills control the midi-chlorians which control the force so it doesn't right well you always have free will (laughs) no but the wills themselves okay (laughs) <laughs> because now, we're going deep. When when uh, 3PO is, it's actually very charming. He's got all the Ewoks sitting around in a circle, and he's telling them the story of, like, the Millennium Falcon and Darth Vader. And he's also including all these little sound effects. Like, he's has he recorded sound bites of, like, what a lightsaber sounds like and what starfighters sound like? Well, that's the thing. He's a computer. I yeah. love this scene. Me I too. absolutely love it. It's so... It's just so simple, yet so smart. Yeah. Of course he's... He's a robot. Of course he can make those noises yeah. that he wouldn't need to go pew-pew with his mouth because he's a robot. He plays a recording of that. I totally agree. It sounds so great. And there's also a lot to this that I really love is it's the lore that it builds up. The way he's talking about A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and how everyone's crowded around him and he does like the actions and it's such an engaging story. It's great because it parallels really well with both uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Whereas in The Force Awakens, you have Han's line of it's true, all of it. 
like really kind of like these legends that kind of permeated across the galaxy yeah. from stories shared the way 3PO did. Right. And like about this farm boy and the smuggler and the princess and the way in The Last Jedi they do like the legends of Luke Skywalker and the little kid with the action figure and Luke Skywalker going up against the First Order. I just, right. I love the way that 3PO is telling it for the first time. I love He's that telling the story for the first time to uh, listeners. Absolutely. And I love that too. I do struggle a little bit with Luke Skywalker. I thought he was a myth. Because it's only been a few years. 30 years, I agree. But you also have to keep in mind it's a galaxy, not one world. Yeah, true. So he's from Tatooine. And there's all these languages that people don't speak. And, and he's also, yeah, like he, he's just a farm boy from Tatooine, a back like backwater planet, something that people definitely isn't on the radar to most people. Right. And then he's this kind of mystical Jedi who's going looking for force artifacts. I mean, Luke Skywalker's not somebody that, like. It's the great Cinderella story. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, uh, but it, it it makes like it makes sense for him to not really be this known thing. It's he, he's the humble hero. Yeah. If I don't make it back, you're the only hope for the alliance. Luke, don't talk that way. You have a power I, I don't understand and could never have. You're wrong, Leia. I have a couple complaints about uh, about Chewie here. Okay. Chewie's stupid front hair part in Return of the Jedi and yeah. none of the other movies. Yeah, weird bangs. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like it's he let them he let he grew them out for this movie or something. Like he was trying to get like a Han haircut from episode like four. Yeah. It was really bad. And also, <laughs> he's a Wookiee. He's not an idiot. Yeah. Why in the world did he take the piece of meat? Yeah. If he's you not... if you want to call it that, it really looked more like felt from the craft store. It really did look like the head of a severed stuffed horse. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty cheap looking. But you're right, he was very gullible in that moment and like he was it was like he was a dog and you were trying to keep your dog from from grabbing the meat. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's exactly what it was like and I guess that makes sense for Lucas because um, his relationship, the the Han and Chewie relationship, was always one he compared to him and his dog. Really? Yeah. Okay. His dog Indiana. All right. And his Indiana. Indiana really? would sit in the front seat with him, and he was the pilot, and he was, and Indiana was co-pilot. That's pretty cute. Yeah, that's pr- kind of a sweet story. Yeah, that's where the the kind of the Han and Chewie comes from. So it yeah. works better there when you compare him to a dog. Yeah. So I get that kind of. I guess the the impulse of a Wookiee. I guess I just find, and I, we've talked about this before. I just find there are inconsistencies with the presentation of Chewbacca. Oh, definitely. And this is an example of that. Like, yeah. is he scary? Is he a softie? Well, is he brilliant? Is he a great warrior? Is he a total oafish dimwit? The best Chewbacca is in Solo. It's not even close in my book. Bi- yeah, he's good, for sure. Because it was the most of them we ever got, and he was... He was excellent. He was. He was great in the Force Awakens. He was great in the Force Awakens. That's true. Uh, the reaction he had to Han's death was pretty awesome. Yeah. What's uh, the guy's name? What's the new actor's name? Jonas uh, something. Jonas Sutamo. I like that guy. Yeah, he's likable. He's a very yeah. likable guy. I think he has got the best gig in acting. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's like he can walk down the street, no one know who he is, and he's in. He's a regular in Star Wars. And he's a character that they would be idiots to ever kill. They, there's no reason to kill him off. No, it would be so. point. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be as emotionally effective as is worth killing a character. So no. keep him around. And this guy's like my age. 
So oh, yeah, he can he's do super the, young. He can do the job for 30 years. Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah, which is definitely convenient. I think well, Peter, Peter Mayhew, it's, his body kind of gave out on him a little early. He's an older guy, but I think he's still a consultant for the character. Oh, he definitely was uh, heavily on... Um, he, he did the voice for The Force Awakens, I think. Oh, really? And I think he consulted on The Last Jedi. I don't know what is... Probably for Solo, too, but I'm not quite sure his involvement. That's one of those courtesy credits. He's yeah, probably, around, probably. To hang around. I just have one or two more takebacks I want to get through. Okay. Uh, one here is R2 glides way too easily over the sticks <laughs> and the dirt and the like mossy terrain yeah. of Endor. I mean, they also do a very good job of having him stationed when you can see all of him mm-hmm. and behind a bush when he's gliding. Yeah. So Kenny Baker could walk, I guess, or okay. what they did. I'm not sure. but Right. He has a funny little moment with Wicket where they're like looking at each other and they're the same size as each other. Yeah, it is And you cute. can't really tell if it's going to be uh, adversarial. I guess not. Well, R2's, R2's a dick. Yeah. Uh, so it, you would think it might be, but he's okay with Wicket, whereas he was threatening to uh, to tase the other Ewoks. Right. Um, there's this one thing. I know it's a bit of a tangent. Uh, it's, there's, it's in a comic. I forget which one of the comics, but I'd heard about it recently. And it starts off uh, with an old war veteran, an old rebel, talking to uh, a member of the the resistance a new member of the resistance kind of just passing down some knowledge and they don't show the two characters they just kind of have the, the dialogue that you can see and they're okay. having a good back and forth uh and you the, there's this like a grizzled old veteran and it's r2 having a conversation with bb8 oh wow yeah and so it's it's kind of an interesting take where it's the first time they you I can see their language communicated over between the two uh, i would be so confused just to see like the patter of his language well and, that, and we are so used to seeing it being beep 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 yeah. and it's like, weird that they never have given us a subtitle for r2 ever no. but we're able to interpret it that's the best for the movies by the way i hope they never put no i hope for that although let's face it that re- i'm still mad at ryan johnson for giving um bb8 i've got a bad feeling about yeah, this that, that pisses me off i don't buy it Oh, I believe it. I just think it was him being a shit disturber for no reason. Yeah, maybe. And he's got a little bit of that, and a lot of it I like. That one annoyed me. Yeah, I just don't buy it. I think it was an afterthought. No, I don't think it's something that... It, like, a movie that big, somebody would have said, where's the... I've got a bad feeling about this. I guess. And he would have said, oh, it's 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 right here. I didn't find, I couldn't find a good spot for it, which is bullshit. What else you got? Uh, I don't really think I have any... Uh, oh, one more take back is the explosion when Leia shoots those speeders. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. One it's little It's like they pistol, were covered in gasoline. Little and, pistol blast. You're right. And yeah. she just like threw a cocktail at them. Yeah. It just went everywhere. It was You're insane. Right. A big burning ring of fire and the Wilhelm scream that followed. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. Uh, quotes. Yeah. There are, uh, there are a couple okay ones, but not really much. Right after uh, they get ensnared because of uh, Chewie's indiscretion, Han says, great, Chewie, great, always thinking with your stomach. Yeah, it's a good line. That's kind of a good line. It's kind of a Han-like line. Yeah, hey, point that thing someplace else. Yeah. When they're pointing the spear at him, that one's good. Yep. Uh, 3PO, uh, when Luke's asking them what they're saying, hello, I think. <laughs> I thought that was great, just it was... An unbelievable little bit of actual humor from 3PO 
trying to come across as if he knew what he was talking about. Now, this is like the third time in this movie we've had a cutaway scene with Vader and the Emperor where they basically have the same conversation. They basically just like keep up appearances and they're like, how close are you to winning Skywalker over? It's going to happen. He will be ours. Are you sure? Can you do it? Yes, I can. Okay, go do it. That's That's, the same scene over and over again. Yeah, it's like the third time we've had the same scene. And uh, in this one, Vader kind of drops the bomb that he has sensed that Luke is nearby. Are you sure? I have felt him, my master. Strange that I have not. I wonder if your feelings on this matter are clear, Lord Vader. Now I wondered, why doesn't Palpatine sense that Luke is nearby? Is it a familial thing? Does he think that Vader is lying? I didn't... I, it's a little weird. I, I have to agree with you on this one. There's something there's something implied in what he's saying there, and I just don't know it's, what it is. It's not meant to be a positive encounter between no. these two at all. Right. Uh, in the script, actually, Vader force chokes his way into the room. Oh. Yeah. So Man, they the, cut a lot of good stuff out of the script. Yeah, I know. That would have been amazing to see. Yeah. To have Vader force choke the, uh, the Red Imperial Guards, the yeah. Emperor's Royal Guards. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, but no, so he, the Emperor's annoyed he's there, but they, they get themselves on the same page. It's like you said, it's a repetitive, almost unnecessary conversation. It's mostly just used so that we can see how evil the Emperor is before that final scene so that it's not just like out of the blue. Oh, the new big baddie came in in the last 15 minutes. It's just very, uh, it's, it's bizarre that they're trying to illustrate this guy as terrifying mm. and they acknowledge one of his weaknesses, which in this case is, I didn't sense that. Yeah, that's fair. I think this one comes from it being a relationship yeah. and trying to indicate, like maybe foreshadowing Vader's potential turn. Yeah. Uh, to kind of indicate his confliction. In reference to Luke, uh, Palpatine then says, I have foreseen it. His compassion for you will be his undoing. And so they're saying like, uh, you're going to win him over because he has uh, a strong connection to you. Yeah. I thought that was well phrased. Yeah, and he even repeats that again, um, saying that the reason Luke won't win is because of his caring for others and his compassion, yeah. uh, which is perfect because it's the reason why he does. Right. Uh, and the Emperor's overconfidence is why he didn't. Yeah. We'll get that in a couple 20s from now. Uh, there's a really good uh, rate when the Ewoks... Um, when Luke's uh, kind of talking to them, trying to get them to, uh, trying to get 3PO to use his, his divine power. Mm. Um, well, why don't you use your divine influence and get us out of this, Han says <laughs> to 3PO. Uh, I beg your pardon, General Solo, but that just wouldn't be proper. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was excellent. I and then what does a- Luke say? Um, I forget what Luke says directly to him. Um, he says, 3PO, tell them, if they don't do oh, yeah. as you wish then you will become angry and use, use magic. and use your magic. And I wanted to ask you if you thought this was another case of Luke showing a dark side. Because like he's, he's asking that, that 3PO do something he is not programmed to do, he is uncomfortable with, to manipulate people who own this land. Yeah, that's interesting. He does it again later by using the force to levitate him too. Yeah. But they're also... They threaten them with violence too. But they're also they're to they're not they're hurting them they're on the same land sure right but the ewoks are threatening to eat and kill them yeah i i think it's pretty fair what luke's doing i guess it's just i agree with you ultimately but like luke's yeah. tone is kind of dark when he says it three of you tell them if they don't do as you wish 
You'll become angry and use your magic. But Master Luke, what magic? I couldn't possibly just tell me. Like, yeah, he doesn't go he's not going about it and I also love because Luke's laughing his fucking head off. Yeah. When Han is getting pissed off at 3PO. Oh really? Oh yeah, he's he's really cracking up in the background. It's so funny to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like he's just taking this whole thing so easily. It does it's not stressing him out at all. Right. Okay, and I think it's funny that you kind of see it as almost like he just doesn't care because he, he'll he'll find he'll use the force to get out of this one. He's, he's, he's almost kind of reserved himself to that. Yeah, like he's like, ah, fuck it. At some point, I'm going to need to use the force here. Let's see if three PO can get us out of this without doing that. Whereas Han is like noticeably a little unsettled. He's oh, panicked. He, he's weirded out by a lot of it. Yeah, uh, because when he first sees them, he's like, this is kind of funny. These guys aren't going to hurt us. And then he gets mad. Like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, and Wicket then gives him a hug a little later on, and you can see, and it's it's it, there are a few moments where it really makes Han more endearing. Uh, he's definitely a lighter character, like you said, after the last twenty, uh, and really until the end of this movie. Yeah, uh, he's a much more chipper character. He's kind of a chipper character through this whole film. That's true. In the first twenty, the one that he's not, it's because he's in carbonite. It's not yeah, really his fault. He's just trying to enjoy the sunlight. <laughs> Big light blur. What else do you have for quotes? Because I am pretty much fresh out. Like, there's some memorable stuff in the conversation that Luke has with Leia later on, but it's not catchy. Like, it's important and revealing, but it's not catchy dialogue. Yeah. uh, Look, it's a hat. It's not going to hurt you. Look, you're a jittery little thing, aren't you? I thought that was good. That's a good one. You're right. Uh, And there is one which will be the name of the episode. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really the big one. I didn't even want to say the front of that line because it's bad. <laughs> yeah, he says, you're wrong, Leia. You have the power, too. In time, you'll learn to use it. I don't think it's so bad. Eh, it's a little. I don't like I don't like it being referred to as a power. Yeah. And she referred to it as a power, though. Leading, yeah. That, leading into that. That's fair. That is yeah. a good point because Luke explicitly says it's not that in yeah. The Last Jedi. Right. Um, which is true. That's yeah. a better way of viewing it from a Jedi perspective. Right. It makes you powerful. It in itself is not necessarily a power. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way of, of viewing it. Master question for you. Besides Wicket, name three Ewoks. Oh, I can name two. Uh, okay. Oh, no, I can do it. I can name three. Okay. Um, Roomba, uh, Chief Chirpa, and um, Pikpa. Okay. I'll have to take your word for it. I do have... I do have uh, Chirpa. I also have Logray, Tebow, and Paplu. <laughs> Pikpa is the one in last shot. Uh, chief Chirpa is the, the gray chief. Oh, okay. Uh, and Roomba, I just, I remembered that name because Roomba. It's, yeah, of I, course. I, I, he cleans up. Yeah, he cleans up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for me? Uh, my one is, what is the name of the Ewoks home base camp area? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. Bright Tree Village. Okay, but you know what? They don't even say Ewok in this movie. They're not going to say Bright Tree Village. Yes, but they had, like, TV shows of Ewoks. There's a lot of Ewok lore out there. There are two Ewok movies. Yeah. Which is brutal. Yeah, let's leave those in the past with the Christmas special. Are either of them canon? No. No? No. Okay, that's probably good. Yes, that's definitely a good thing. (laughs) Anything else about this 20 of Return of the Jedi you want to bring up? Only one final thing about this specific 20, and then we can do a little bit of news. Uh, you know what it's called if you're a friend of the Ewoks? No. You're a leaf brother. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, yeah, I consider myself a leaf brother. A lot, there's a lot of negativity about the Ewoks. I'm a leaf brother, too. I'm actually pro-Ewok. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, as much as they are a little silly and a little childish, 
I, I do like them, and I like the Porgs as well. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I thought that they were fine. I preferred the Porgs in the sense of the Ewoks had, I agree, they had too much influence on the plot for being the characters that they were. But uh, I grew is, I grew up with the Ewoks as did you, and that's I've always liked them. For is that it reason. the same criticism, just that the Porgs are too childish? No, I think it's that they're like these cute little characters, and I think some people had fear that they may come into play in the sense that the Ewoks had like a large role. So they had already decided that they didn't like the. Well, yeah, Porgs. they were more just worried. I think yeah. I don't think any some people disliked them. There's no decent there's, reason not. to There's like no the Porgs. good reason to dislike them now. Right. Uh, I think some people were a little worried, and then that's that's rightful if you really hated the Ewoks because I get the reason why people do. Yep. I'm just not one of those people. Me neither. All right. Well, uh, important news that just came out today. Is this confirmed? Uh, so the Hollywood Reporter reported on it. And so that's very, like, it's an almost confirmed. It's like 99%. It's not from the horse's mouth yet. But exactly. It, it seems like, given the evidence we've had thus far, it, it is very probable that, indeed, Billy D. Williams is coming back for episode nine. Yeah, he canceled uh, his appearance at the Saskatchewan Entertainment Expo. Okay. Uh, and that's September 15th, uh, mid-September-ish. And uh, it was because of filming conflicts. Oh, okay. And so I think that was one of the ones that kind of, I think that kind of sparked the the suspicions. Now he's eighty one now. Yeah, he, and he looks it. Too. Yeah, he does. He he definitely looks older than of of the, the kind of those four human rebels that we chatted about. He definitely well, he's older look, than them uh, by a good margin. I think. Yeah, I like, guess he would be. How Harrison, old is Harrison Ford? That's the thing. How old is Harrison Ford? He's. Probably, I guess he would be the oldest Billy D. But Harrison Ford's. I would guess like 73, 75. Yeah. And so uh, Carrie and, and Mark are younger than that just because they have to be for the story. Yeah, no. And, and that's true. I was just kind of thinking um, Harrison Ford. I thought he was a little closer to 80 and, yeah. and just looked really good. Well, look, I, I'm not looking for uh, old Lando to be like an action star in episode nine. No, no, no. He's going to have a cane. He's going to yes. be cool as hell. He is going to have a cane. You're so well, right. The, be the best part actually is, is I believe Billy D has a cane. Great. Because he needs one. Great. And in old Legends books, Lando had a cane when he was like 50. Okay. Because it's just pimping. Because it's pimping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you can still put him in capes. He really just has oh, to definitely. sit there. He just has to sit there. Yeah. I'd like it to be actually early in the movie. He has to be charming. Yeah. I'd like it to be, I'd like him to be someone that they go to for help early on. Yeah. Um, so him not necessarily be plot centric just to be satisfying. I actually, uh, a good comparison would be, I would love it if he was this movie's Maz Kanata. Oh, okay. All right. I, thought, I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Something whereas like passing on an important piece of information or lore or something uh, in kind of like the early middle of the movie uh, and kind of like that, a bit of a turning point in the movie. So I think that would be, that would be my, my dream role for, for Billy Diaz Lando in this. Now, I think they were probably going to cast him in this movie anyway, because I think that people wanted it and why wouldn't they? Mm. But it's interesting that Solo is considered quite a commercial failure as far as Star Wars standards go and also kind of just in general. Um, but maybe the one unanimously liked thing about Solo was the return of Lando Calrissian. Yep, people, that and Chewie. People wanted to like Lando. And so it's almost like it was validating to them to go, okay, yeah, we're definitely wise to put Billy D in this movie. People are going to be happy about that. Yeah, and with the loss of Carrie Fisher and the deaths in the movies of Han and Luke, yep. they're just, it's depleted, yep. as is the resistance, and it needs its backup from Lando. Well, it is, but it's also necessary. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see a bunch of Lando now. No. Uh, but 
But that's there is no one else. No, but that's okay because we have progressed. No, no. But the thing is though, like that's that's it. There's no one else left from that regime. Right. And it'll be nice that they they've passed on the torch over the course of all three of these movies. I like that. I think it's important. I remember when they first announced that that Harrison and Carrie and Mark were going to be in The Force Awakens, like mm-hmm. before we really knew anything from anything. Yep. I remember thinking, I hope these guys aren't that important to this movie. I hope they're just kind of cameos and then we just like move on. Well, and of course, I, I, I was proven wrong and I'm glad I was. But now I'm glad that we, did, we didn't linger for six movies. Yeah. No, I think I think it's worked well, that transition over. And Mark Hamill's going to be in episode nine, too. Oh, and that's something I do not, do not want in small amounts. No. I want, I want with Oda Dote, this to be the most heavy Force Ghost movie ever. Not yeah. to even be close. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. As a kid, I didn't really realize how minimal Ben Kenobi was in episodes five and six. Yeah. I always thought of him as like one of the main characters in those movies. No. And he just has one scene in each movie. Uh, Both of them were shot in the morning. Yeah. 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 And, and that's fine. But you're right. Like, I want him to be important. Yeah. I want him to be a very, very like prominent character throughout the movie to the point where he can carry on into episode 10 if right. that happens in because nine otherwise years from it's, now. it's just on Ben Solo to resolve the Skywalker bloodline. And that's yeah. kind of, as much as I love him, that's kind of not going to work. Well, there is always, and I think it could be very cool, it could be done in an interesting way, but you can always bring in Anakin too. Yeah. You can bring Anakin to come back to talk to Kylo, and that could work. What is the over-under on them bringing Hayden Christensen in? Oof. What? Like, I'm I'm so down, by the way. Oh, me too. 100%. But, like, because of the risk. 15% over-under. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, it's under 15%. I think it's under two, but. Yeah. Damn. I think that would be so good. Yeah. I, I don't know how it would be done at all from a story perspective, but that's not my job. So. No. Figure it out, JJ, please. <laughs> it would make me so happy. I it think it would, would be awesome. It would make me, I would be, I would be so grateful to Hayden Christensen. And I, would, I think people would be too. Although, you know, a lot of people didn't like Yoda in The Last Jedi, which is so freaking stupid. It's, I absolutely love that Yoda it so was, much. It was it's an amazing perfect, moment. Yeah. Like, I like Yoda more as a force ghost because it fits for Yoda yeah. so well. Yeah. Uh, it makes him also incapable of using the lightsaber, which I love. Yep. Well, so much that we know. We know that Luke can project a lightsaber, so maybe Force Ghosts can use them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? But anyway, and he looked like the puppet. He was the puppet, but so revamped in an. Uh, it was. I can't. T- I can't say enough good things. It was my favorite part about the Last Jedi, and I've got a lot of favorite parts about the Last Jedi. Yeah. So for the same reason, I think that it could be very gratifying to to bring Hayden Christensen back. And you're so right. To come to Ben Solo in a dream would be amazing. It could also be interesting if they brought all of the Force Ghosts back. Because oh, there's boy. not that many of them. No, I know, but that sounds that sounds like a lot. If we, if, if, keep in mind, though, if you bring back Luke and Anakin, all you have left is Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon you can absolutely not bring back. Because he, no. he can't manifest himself as an image he can do as a voice. If they make a Kenobi movie, they, I have a good feeling they're going to retcon that. They'll fill ma- in a blank. They'll make him an image. Yeah. Uh, but you can get away with it at episode nine if you just want to include maybe Ewan McGregor and and Yoda in there as well, too. Man, there's so much hypothetical. Because well, I also still think that there's a chance of Ray Kenobi. 
Yeah, I think so too. Uh, there's uh, of all of the theories, I think that's the only one. Uh, maybe Ray Palpatine, uh, yeah. and but they're like the only ones that I think I still think could make sense. Uh, Ray Kenobi, absolutely, uh, and the Ray Palpatine one, it doesn't really work. Any chance there's a connection between Ray and Snoke? Uh, I don't think so. We don't really know what Snoke is. No. Uh, I want to. I we just really don't know anything about Snoke. No. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I think Snoke would be a great character to um, tie into Thrawn or obviously the Emperor because there have been hints of kind of those areas in the sense that the Emperor was interested in something in the Outer Rim. Yep. Appeared to be of great force magnitude. A lot of people have theorized, well, maybe that was Snoke that he was feeling. Um, I think it's a mistake to say that you, and I think it's wrong to dislike The Last Jedi anyway, but that's another conversation. I think it's a mistake to say that it's objectively a bad movie until you've seen the whole trilogy. You do not look at Star Wars as individual films. If they work on their own, then great. But they work in trilogies, and that's what's important about them. Return of the Jedi, if not for the other two movies, is a bad movie. <laughs> it is. I, I, I disagree, but... I know what you mean, and I absolutely agree. People should reserve judgment until they've seen all three of these yep. so they can look at them as kind of a whole, and then they'll be able to see the sum of the parts differently, I believe. Yep. But with uh, with The Last Jedi, I get it. If you don't like the movie, that's fine. And if you're never going to change your mind on it, that's fine. But don't be mean about it. Yeah. Thank you. It's pretty simple. Yeah. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's beautiful. <laughs> Do you have any other news that we want to hit on? Uh, absolutely. Carrie Russell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought we talked about that before. No, Carrie Russell is most likely to join episode nine. Yeah, that's in, also not been confirmed. Uh, I think it's as just shy of the horse's mouth. Yeah, uh, same sort of situation. She's a great actor. She's really good. Uh, I don't know that she has any comedic chops. It'd be interesting if she's like, because like uh, Laura Dern uh, certainly can do comedy, but she was a pretty no-nonsense character. Pretty serious character, for um, sure. I kind of want to see some new people come in with some slyness. Yeah, that could be cool. And uh, she's 42. Uh, she's brought in for an action-heavy role. Yep. Uh, her work on the Americans uh, likely help her, helped her land that. JJ knows her from Felicity. Uh, so it's someone that he's bringing in that he trusts, which is always good. Yep. And uh, who knows what this kind of role is going to be. There was talks of a role named Caro and Amara role mm -hmm. before. Caro was supposed to be younger and uh, was very explicitly said in the description to be of an ethnic background. Okay. So there's potential that Carrie Russell is Mara or yep. one of the other unnamed characters. Uh, but I, th I think there's a very decent chance she's the character codenamed Mara. But it's just a codename. It's probably not what the character name is. Most likely just a codename. That's name. drawn from the video games the or... or... Uh, the full Legends Expanded Universe. Mara Jade was a massive character. Luke Skywalker's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's too young to be Luke Skywalker's wife. She is too but young to be Luke Skywalker's also, wife. She's also too young to be Ray's mom. I don't know if there's going to have to be some kind of connection. She's also uh, an American actress, so she's not likely to have an accent different from like an American accent. No, most likely Daisy not. Daisy really has a British accent. Not that that necessarily has to separate them familially, but probably. That would be a bad casting choice. It would be weird. It would be very strange to not pick a British person, yeah. seeing as everyone in Star Wars is British or American. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. Give or take some. Yeah. Some Scots. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's the odd Scott. There it is for yeah. sure. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to know what kind of role she will play to what degree. Are we going to get something where it's like, like Holdo or, uh, Rose? Like that's, those were p- two pretty prominent characters. Rose likely continuing, yeah. uh, to be of somewhat prominence. Yeah. I hope she doesn't take a too much of a Jar Jar step backwards. Right. I think the character could be done sure. in, in a slightly different way to be improved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if this is going to be a small role or, or a big one, but. I'm I'm cool with it being a, a big and important character. Me too. She's a really good actor. Uh, it'd be interesting if we're gonna get uh, maybe a Phasma replacement on the villain side. Maybe she's Ooh. gonna be a very high-ranking like Hux. Sure. Uh, someone who's going after his position, or maybe she's, uh, maybe she's a Knight of Ren who is Kylo's. Oh, that's dope. Like maybe she's a Knight of Ren and is working with Hux to conspire against Kylo to overthrow him. Kylo yeah. goes off. He works with Rey. Not on the resistance. I'm just spitballing this right now, but I'm kind of liking where it's going. I like it too. <laughs> There's not a lot of strong, scary women in the First Order slash the Empire, and she could pull it off. She's got an angular face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, she play like I think it could work. It was a waste of Captain Phasma. Oh my god, what a shame. Uh, well, Captain Phasma was a great, great idea for toy sales. Yeah, you're right. And let's face it, that's pretty much all it ended up being. People who've read the Phasma book. Uh, really enjoy the character a lot more. This is her background story. Yep, and are also a little pissed off because she's a better character than everyone saw in the movies. Yeah, that uh, happens. But as a result, like I haven't gotten to that book and it's probably at the near the bottom of my pile mm-hmm. because I just do not care about the character. You know what? I even in watching her in the movies, I have no doubt she's a, got a cool backstory, yeah. but I didn't get to see it, so I don't care. No, I don't care at all. Yeah. Uh, you do get learn a little bit more about Finn, I think, and like her backstory and some of the other ones. And sure. The relationship that she has with her troops anyway. So Yeah, Finn's really taking a backseat in the speculation, hey? Because he was so absent in The Last Jedi that people don't even really talk about Finn these days. Well, it's also because people speculated he was the Jedi for yeah. The Force Awakens. So he was someone who received almost, if not as much speculation as as Rey yeah. going into it. Uh, and then kind of just shifted to, well, he's done The Force Awakens and he's in pretty rough shape. So we don't really have anything we can predict for The Last Jedi. And then he didn't really do anything in The Last Jedi, so we don't have really anything we can predict for Episode Nine. Right. He hasn't done a damn thing since he left the First Order. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. But he's so nice. He's so likable. <laughs> he tries so hard. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you have? Are we done? Uh, no, there's not too much, though. We're uh, running long this week. The Cardington Sheds, where the Masasi Temple okay. has been shot. So some Yavin 4. Uh, they've brought that back for Episode 9. Great. It's a giant warehouse. It could be anything. Yeah. But it is exactly where they have done the Masasi Temple. So We haven't been to any reoccurring planets in this And that would be an interesting one to bring back. Yeah. Uh, it could make sense for sure, though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Abandoned I, Rebel Base. Yeah. Yeah. I would prefer Tatooine, though. And I think yeah. of the planets... If you exclude this little tidbit, it's the one with the highest likelihood, too. It's just the most iconic planet in Star Wars, period. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. It is the planet. Yes. It's what we started it all with. So. Right. Uh, and, yeah, it'll never lose that. All right. Well, uh, listen, uh, that, that does it for the first 80 minutes, 82 minutes of Return of the Jedi. Watch the fifth, sixth of this movie uh, by, uh, by next week, and you will have caught up to us. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to send along any comments, uh, verbal or in text-based, you can tweet us 
uh, at Recorder66. You can email Recorder66podcast and uh, please uh, give us a five-star review on the old iTunes. And uh, that way uh, we will love you even more than we already do. And in the meantime, may the Force be with you. Thank you.